Welcome to The One Big Podcast, a show where we discuss all your burning workplace organizing questions and revel in the long history of the IWW. I am fellow worker Jason, and with me are the esteemed fellow workers Derek and Nick. Nick, it is our first episode. I'm sure everybody has a very important question to start us off with. What exactly is the IWW? The IWW is a rank and file run international union for all workers dedicated to organizing both on and off the job in all industries and communities. We are not affiliated with any political party. We organize the worker and the workplace, meaning that unlike most unions, you carry your membership with you no matter what job you have or if you are unemployed. Because we are a democratic, member-run union, decisions about what issues to address and what tactics to pursue are made by the workers directly involved. So, in other words, it's a one big union, hence the name of the podcast. (laughs) It is. We are the one big union. We do not believe in separating our, our workers like the trade unions in the past. And today, in this episode, we go into the past to talk about the formation of the IWW at our first convention and the, the animosity that the IWW had towards the trade unions and the reasons behind them. And Derek is going to, to, uh, to bring us back in our IWW time machine to discuss. Yeah, so we're, we're looking back at, you know, 1905 to the founding of the IWW. Uh, we had a lot of we had a lot of people who came together at that time to talk about the problems with trade unionism, the the issues that it came out of like the Knights of Labor um, organizations that came before the IWW. And at this convention, it was chaired by Big Bill Haywood, uh, a, a a man of some fame in the IWW and outside. And he, and he started this convention calling it to order, saying, in calling this convention to order, I do so with a sense of the responsibility that rests upon me and rests upon every delegate that is here assembled. This is the Continental Congress of the Working Class. We are here to confederate the workers of this country into a working class movement that shall have for its purpose the emancipation of the working class from the slave bondage of capitalism. Pause for applause. <laughs> there is no organization, or there seems to be no labor organization, that has for its purpose the same object as that for which you are called together today. Now, to give you a picture of what the United States was but like in 1905, the trade unions at that time and even today have always been willing to coexist with the bosses. They allow the bosses to continue ruling over the workers and are only concerned with gaining small material gains for the workers. Right, and this is one of the chief, chief concerns that they want to come together and talk about. Uh, so Big Bill Haywood continues, The aims and objects of this organization should be to put the working class in possession of the economic power, the means of life, in control of the machinery of production and distribution without regard to capitalist masters. Pause for applause. (laughs) In other words, they mean to seize the means of production. 
The American Federation of Labor, uh, popularly known today as the AFL-CIO, uh, but then was just the AFL. The, Ameri <laughs> the American Federation of Labor, which presumes to be the labor movement of this country, is not a working class movement. It does not represent the working class. There are organizations that are affiliated, but loosely affiliated with the AF of L, which in their constitution and bylaws prohibit the initiation of or conferring the obligation on a colored man, that prohibit the conferring of the obligation on foreigners. What we want to establish at this time is a labor organization that will open, its, open wide its doors to every man that earns his livelihood either by his brain or his muscle. There is a great work to be accomplished at this convention, and every one of you must recognize the responsibility that rests upon you. Right? These are some these are some big ass words uh, from <laughs> 1905. Like like we we see these problems even you know even now, but it was decades still before the AFL began organizing people of color, uh, before yeah, it started organizing that, women. Yeah, that was super interesting that it's 1905 and they're already like, no, we're anti-racist. Hmm? like that's right out of the gate wild this was also like the influences like big bill haywood what bill haywood was there i gotta stop calling him big bill haywood, but, <laughs> but big but bill haywood was there uh eugene v debs the most popular socialist candidate to have ever run for president was one of the founding members at this convention um and his in his whole shtick right was going on the country and saying i don't care where you come from i don't care who you are you're a working you're a you're a working person um you should join us in freeing ourselves from the bonds of capitalism. And that was his message. And that is also a core message that came out of this, this opening and the foundations of the IWW back in 1905. So, so Bill not, goes, not, go ahead. Nick. Say, not, not only was Eugene B. Debs, uh, one of the, probably the largest socialist, uh, presidential candidate ever, uh, before that, he was a union organizer, and he organized uh, the Pullman workers, uh, which were predominantly uh, people of color. So he has always been um, behind, you know, uh, racial equality in, in unions, while like Derek said, most of the other AFL at that time were deeply segregated. So I imagine they were wildly popular when they started this IWW thing with their anti-racism, anti-capitalism message. Yeah, the IWW had, the, the, this was the heyday of the IWW, right? Yeah. We've got, you know, 6,000-ish members these days. I mean, the IWW's membership swelled to, I believe, I, I don't have these numbers in front of me, but I believe it was like over 32,000 at this, uh, not at this convention, but in the years to come. Um, so, well, so, yeah. Coming fresh out of convention, 32,000 people. That sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> I imagine it probably would be actually, uh, especially on Zoom. Boy, oh boy, nineteen oh five Zoom—that was a nightmare. <laughs> so, so Bill, you know, he also went on to say here that when the corporations and the capitalists understand that you are organized for the express purpose of placing the supervision of industry in the hands of those who do the work, you are going to be harassed and you are going to be subjected to every indignity and cruelty that their minds can invent. You are also going to be confronted with the so-called labor leader, the man who will tell you and other workers that the interests of the capitalist and the working man are identical. Pause for applause. 
<laughs> so to, to break this down a little bit, uh, throughout the IW's history, our organizers have been harassed, beaten, and murdered by the bosses, the corporations, and the capitalists. Um, we also believe, unlike uh, a lot of the other trade unions, business unions, that the working class and the employing class have nothing in common. So we do not share the interests of the capitalist ruling class. But Nick, my boss tells me all the time that we're a family. We're a family. That's right. That's right. And you know, <laughs> you're, if, if you had a union where you worked at, um, your your labor, your local union president might also be telling you that you're a family. <laughs> well, literally, they know I don't like my family. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I think it's actually pretty interesting because right here, you know, Bill Haywood is drawing the line in the sand. He, he's talking about the labor leader. He calls it the so-called labor leader. He calls out the American Federation of Labor as, as taking on itself. You know, nobody gave it the mantle of leading labor in this country. The AFL took it upon itself and said, we are the labor movement. We don't represent all the labor movement, but we represent all the labor movement. Like that, like that's a foundational idea in the AFL. Uh, and, and Bill Haywood said, you know, no, that's, that, that, that is what you're calling yourself, but, but you're wrong. You are a so-called labor leader. And he's also doing upfront what we do every time we organize. He's inoculating people, right? You should be prepared. The moment you declare yourself as willing to organize for the working class, the capitalist class is going to harass you. They're going to subject you to every indignity and cruelty that their mind can invent. And that's something that we can do today. We always work to be honest with workers about how hard labor organizing and pushing back against capitalism is going to be. Now, I feel like it's a little different today because no one's shot me for trying to organize Not yet. anybody. Not yet. Not yet. Give it some time. Yep. If we look to what's going on in, in Ann Arbor this week with, um, with the strikes that are happening at the University of Michigan, um, the University of Michigan has already come out and said that, that the strike that the, the graduate employees are doing is illegal. Uh, the next steps could be to, to file an injunction, to call the police in, to have uh, strikers and, and picketers removed from, from the locations. I mean, the, it, it's, it's not too far from, from a leap from, you know, University of Michigan putting out a press release saying that this is illegal to, to escalating it to, to having people physically removed by the state. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. And so, and, and so even then, so, so, so that is, that is absolutely the case. And, and it's also the fact that GEO, which is a trade union, uh, the Graduate Employees Organization at the University of Michigan, you know, GEO has to work through, GEO is a member of the American Federation of Labor dash Congress of Industrial Organizations. That's the modern incarnation of the AFL-CIO. And so, and so when they go on strike, you know, they have to kind of work in alliance with, with the trade, with the, with the skilled trades. You know, you've got You've got the IBEW, you've got people who are in the building trades, who are electricians, who are um, bricklayers, who are all out there. And, and if they don't agree with you, if they don't want to work with you, um, if they don't believe that you're, that you're striking for a reason that they believe in, they can just keep working uh, and refuse to work with you in solidarity. Now, to their credit, at the moment, at the time of this broadcast, <laughs> um, those, those, uh, those fellow workers, those laborers, 
uh, have agreed to support the geo strike, but you know, without their support, that strike is kind of immediately, immediately weaker. And a lot of those organizations, you know, if there's any chief criticism that I can level at them, and it's the same criticism that Bill Haywood levels here, is that these people are led like the IBW has a business manager. It is in the IBW's interest to maintain good relationships with capitalists because that's who pays their workers and that's who gives them the contracts they need to pay their workers. Um, and so, you know, Bill says right there, he, he says you're going to be confronted by these people who call themselves labor leaders. The man who will tell you and other workers that the interests of the capitalist and the working man are identical. Uh, he also goes on to say that I want to say that a man who makes that assertion is a worse foe to the working class than is D.M. Perry or August Belmont. They applause to that, but I, I assume that those were that those were relatable references. I, <laughs> um, but but he but he explains it. He he gives us a more practical explanation when he goes on to say that. There is no man who has an ounce of honesty in his makeup, but recognizes the fact that there is a continuous struggle between the two classes, and this organization will be formed based and founded on the class struggle. Applause. Having in view no compromise and no surrender, and but one object and one purpose, and that is to bring the workers of this country into the possession of the full value of the product of their toil. Pause for applause. This is a transcript, so I really appreciate <laughs> that we have these applauses kind of scattered in there. And that's and that's that, that's Bill's Haywood. I mean, that, that that that's Bill's introduction to to the first convention of the IWW. He lays down the gauntlet, and he basically says, you know, we're gonna fuck shit up. Like yeah. like like we are here to fight capitalists and to get workers what they deserve for the work that they do. He could he could have replaced it with, I came here. To kill capitalists and chew bubble gum, <laughs> and I'm all out of bubble gum. <laughs> and uh, just just to tell you how how big and important a a person uh, William Big Bill Haywood was uh, in history, I believe there were only two Americans uh, ever buried uh, in Red Square uh, during uh, the USSR uh, time period, and Big Bill Haywood is one of those two people. Whoa! I did not know that. I also yep. did not know that. That's strange. Who's the other? Um, it may be the uh, author guy who that movie Reds is based on. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember his name though, and I and I apologize for that. I should say after that discussion about the AFL CIO that uh, side note for anybody for the future episodes. Get ready for some acronyms, baby. That's right. That's right. We are full of them. It's when absolutely when talking left-wing organizations, it's a lot of just letters. Mashed together. <laughs> I'm, I kind of want to start some sort of organization that has an extremely long name. Because the AFL-CIO isn't already a very I mean, long but name. I mean, like, you know, I mean, like, Monty Python-esque long, you know, where it's like... <laughs> sure. <laughs> AFL CIO NYG, you know, like you know, a big right. one to the point of absurdity. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Um, you know, I, I, I would join, sign me up. <laughs> what do you guys do? I don't know. We never got past, we did past one meeting, it was to decide on the name. And <laughs> literally, every every meeting, we just we get we get to the end of the end of the name, and, and that's it. And we're, we're just like, done. yeah, let's go home. Yep. <laughs> 
So I got a question for both of you. Um, first off, how did you guys join the IWW? How'd you get interested? I can know how I got interested. Well, Nick was already a member when I joined, so I'll let Nick go first. I'll let I'll let I'll let the grandfather here first. go. That's right. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna. All right, I'll I'll let it all out right now because it's been years in the past. So I used to work at Blue Cross or Shield of Michigan, uh, which is organized under uh, the UAW, um, and this was around the time of Occupy. Um, and I stepped on some toes in uh, in the UAW, um, and they were not very happy with me because uh, I was too radical uh, for them. Um, and when my boss or when, when the boss was at my job, tried to fire me, uh, the UAW really didn't do anything about it. Um, and I knew I still wanted to be a union member. Um, but I didn't, I, I didn't want to be part of, uh, a business union anymore. And I'd always, and I'd, I've always loved labor history. And I remember reading about this this radical group called the IWW who were from the early 1900s and they were socialists and anarchists and, and communists and, and, you know, they believed in direct action, which is everything that I, that I thought that unions were. Um, so I, I looked them up and, and I joined, um, joined in 2016. So 2021 will be will be five years uh, for me in the IWW, um, but it was just because hey, I was looking for something. 20, you joined in 2016. Yeah, like in February of 2016, you joined later in I think 2016 when I when I met you at the uh, at, at the Labor Notes conference is where you and I first met. Yeah, um, but no, I I was looking for something different because uh, the the business unions failed me, the trade unions failed me. Um, and and up until now, you know, I've been organizing under the IWW for for like I said, almost five years, and and I think it's amazing. I think the way that the IWW organizing organizes and our and our fundamental beliefs aligns with me. How about you, Derek? Well, gosh, I I thought that I had joined before 2016. Have I not been in the union for five years now? Boy, I'm still a youngin. It, it seems a lot longer though. I'm going to be completely honest. There are times where I'm like, oh man, I've been with the IWW forever. Then I'm like, oh wait, it's only been like four and a half years now. <laughs> it so, feels like an ancient though. But really 2016 is that, is that real? I feel like, I feel like, um, God, I had to have been before with this, you know, nothing, nothing, nothing better than watching a couple of like, like middle-aged men debate how long they've been on this earth. You know, like that's, <laughs> that's like a what? George Carlin bit where, <laughs> but, but here's, here's the thing. Just think of everything that has happened in the last four years. So these last four years have actually seemed like four decades. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Derek, go, go on with, with what, what made you join the IWW. Uh, yeah, so I was, you know, as Nick, as Nick pointed out, I was in the IWW, I was um, a member of the American Federation of Teachers, I'm still a member of the American Federation of Teachers, and um, I was at a Labor Notes conference, I was 
quote unquote young, you know, the number of jokes that I, that I get told by like people in the labor movement, like when you meet somebody who's like in labor organizing and they tell you, Oh, you're under, you're under 45, you're young. Well, okay. That tells you <laughs> that, that, that actually uh, jokes aside, it's, it, it tells you very clearly about where the labor movement is in yeah. the trade unions these days. Um, but, but so at the time I was, you know, probably 30, 31 years old and um, I've always kind of been an activist. I organized with ACORN in my 20s. There's an acronym that no one remembers anymore. Um, <laughs> the Association of Community Organizations for Reform Now. Uh, you know, I came from a union family, like my, my family, my mother had a, had a union growing up. Most of my family is in the UAW, so I definitely knew what unions were, but I'd never worked somewhere that had a union and didn't even know how to organize a union. Uh, so I joined the the my union my craft union the american federation of teachers um and then um i started i started getting involved in the activism um i always want to be active i want to be engaged if i'm going to be engaged in a democratic organization i want to know how it works i want to be an active participant right mm -hmm. and so I started figuring out how to be active in the labor movement. And I, and I was always, I've always been a firm supporter of like rank and file movement of, of, of people engaged in making change. I'm always kind of suspicious of, of, of leadership um, who is unchecked by membership. So Labor Notes is, a, is like a labor activist organization. They teach people how to organize rank and file movements within their union. They teach people how to like use the democracy of their union to get what they want out of it. And so that sounded great, right up my alley, let's go to this. And <laughs> while I was there, I met a bunch of wobs, a bunch of uh, wobblies from the Detroit branch. And they just gave me a spiel. They're like, you know, we're an anti-capitalist organization. We believe in rank and file, rank and file movements. We, we, you know, we, we believe that, that there's nothing in common between the capitalist, between the employer class and the employee class. And I kind of went, hmm. Okay. You're ringing right. all my bells. <laughs> you're, really, you're really ringing all my bells. This is starting to really make a lot of sense here. Like, like where do I sign up? And, and they had the red cards on them, put my name to paper. And uh, I was with an IBW member then, actually. So I came with a friend of mine who was in the IBW. And he was like, oh, I know these wobs. <laughs> I, I, I know the IWW. Like, you don't want to get involved in the IWW. And, 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 and you know, immediately, you know, you don't tell me what to do. So, so I was like, yeah, now I'm definitely joining the IWW. So. <laughs> which, which I need to interject something really funny because the Detroit branch of the IWW does this thing called Wobbly Breakfast every second and fourth Sunday down yeah. at Cass Park. And they do it in conjunction with the IBEW. And in fact, the IBEW has a huge Super Bowl party and it's the Detroit IWW that cooks all their food and feeds them for their Super Bowl party. So what this person is saying is out of this world. But he, then he was like, I check the food first. <laughs> Make sure they're not feeding me any propaganda. Or, you know, we have fed you for a thousand years. Yeah, yeah, just thank you. More thank soup. you for putting that one in there, Derek. Um, but, 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 you know, but, you know, his, his line wasn't that, that they were bad people. His line mm -hmm. was that the IWW was basically a social club for people who were into like, like labor issues and, and like, 
all right, I, I can see how, how, how he might get that in some areas, but the, the Detroit IWW has been active for a very long time. Mm-hmm. They've had restaurant organizing happening since before I joined. Um, they've been active in organizing in other brand in like in, within other unions. Like, like they're an active branch. It's not just a social club. Um, and so, you know, whatever, all that aside, I, I signed up, joined the IWW, attended some meetings in Detroit, got, got my feet wet. And then like within the year, I want to say it happened very quickly. Uh, the Ypsilanti branch of the IWW, I had some local WABs in Ypsilanti that, were, that said, hey, we want to form a branch in Ipsy, and that's a hell of a lot closer to me than Detroit, given that I live in the city, and uh, of Ypsilanti, that is, and um, I said, sure, let's do it, and here we are. Ipsy, the Ypsilanti IWW was born, and uh, here I have been since. My, my story's much shorter. I just worked a lot of shitty jobs, and I got fired from a job for talking about the IWW, and much like Derek, tell me something like that, that kind of reaction to something. I'm like, there's something there. <laughs> so where, where did you heard about the IWW before, though, that if you were talking about it? I, I, I think I was looking up music and like heard Woody Guthrie. And like, okay. they're like, hey, uh, IWW. And I was like, well, yeah, I'll Google it. And the next thing you know, I'm I'm got a red card. What the hell? <laughs> That's <laughs> how lost, it happened. I lost my job and got a red card. <laughs> yeah, I think the the song that started it, funny enough, is um, Lisa Simpson singing outside the power plant when they go on strike in some episode. Wow, that's a poll. I don't, I don't yeah. know this one. It's she's yeah, like I'll uh, have to check it out though. It's like she's like, singing a song, and it's like uh. They have the plant, but we have the power, that kind of thing. Hmm. And then uh, Lenny comes over and he's like, play Castle of Gas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, I do love the popular references to, to unionizing in like popular media. I remember it pops up in the weirdest places. Like there's that great episode of Star Trek. If you remember, like like Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and and it's amazing. You've got like you've got Quark, who's like, like I'm I'm a huge Star Trek nerd. Sue me, whatever. But, <laughs> but you've got this Ferengi alien who it's an alien. I don't have to say alien. He's a Ferengi in Star Trek. They're like these greedy capitalists, and <laughs> and, and he owns a brother. I mean, sorry, he, he owns a bar, and his brother at some point was like you don't pay us enough. How, how come you don't pay us enough? And then Miles O'Brien, the stalwart, like Irish, um, uh, Starfleet officer, uh, he, he like talks to Rom about it. That's, that's the Ferengi brother who wants to like, wants more money. And he's like, well, you should organize a union. And, and all of a sudden you have this story in Star Trek about like Miles O'Brien's <laughs> of like union organizers. And then Rom organizes a union against against his brother Cork. What a what a great wholesome moment in Star Trek. That is awesome. <laughs> and then he turned awesome. to him and was like, "Don't go over there, though. That's the IWW, inter- <laughs> the intergalactic <laughs> part of it, intergalactic right. workers of the world, and right. like it's a bunch of like really weird looking aliens." Uh, <laughs> all right, that so been amazing. So we've talked about what the IWW is. Uh, let's talk about what it isn't. What makes us different than other unions? For example, who's allowed in the union? Well, any worker is allowed in the union except for cops and landlords, bosses. Those are, are definitely not allowed in the union. Uh, technically, officers in political parties are not allowed in the IWW unless they're voted on by the branch. And 
officers uh, in trade unions are actually not allowed in the IWW unless you're voted in by your branch. That's right. And what sets us apart from any other union other than we're not just a trade union? No political affiliations is a huge one. Mm. Um, so where, uh, and, and as we all know, uh, or maybe we all don't know, but uh, the, the, the trade unions, AFL-CIOs, uh, they, like, they like giving their money to, to Democrats and endorsing your, your Joe Bidens and, and your Governor Whitmers, um, where we don't. We believe that all the power uh, comes from direct action in the working class, not, not from the ballot box. So uh, we'd rather keep our very low uh, Jews money uh, to organize campaigns not to fill politicians' coffers, even if they're nice. (laughs) Well, also, instead of, and one of the chief differences is that instead of organizing along crafts and organizing, like, differently amongst crafts, so, like, if you think about the IBEW and the American Federation of Teachers, like, these are craft unions. These are unions that were built to represent people who had particular skills or trades uh, and they were they were founded like as unique unions. The IBW represents electricians. The American Federation of Teachers historically has represented teachers. Mm. Now a lot of those divisions have kind of fallen down over the years. It's kind of interesting. The the IWW's model of organizing is organize the industry. We organize everybody. Anybody can join the IWW because because you know there's power in a union, and mm. and there's not just power in a union. There's a power in one big union. When, when all the workers, when, when, when an entire industry comes into the IWW, um, we don't just have the power to shut down and strike one store. We don't have the power to, to affect one capitalist. We can shut down the entirety of Main Street. And so, you know, we're talking about organizing service workers in the Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti area. And like, what's, what, what's the power? These days you have these capitalists who organize and they, these, these capitalists are organized. Like there's, there's no doubt about it. These capitalists are well organized and they're well situated. You have restaurant owners who don't just like own one, one restaurant. In Ann Arbor, you have Main Street Ventures, which owns a ton of restaurants on Main Street in Ann Arbor. And so the power of organizing industrially isn't just that we shut down the entire industry and affect different owners. We can now shut down all the restaurants that are owned by one business and and really make it hurt when they aren't listening to what workers need in order to have good working conditions, reasonable wages, or or just basically respect and dignity at work. Yeah, I also think we're a little bit different because we're a little more radical. We want more than just, you know, I'd like a little more pay. We're like, no, 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 no. We're going to leave until we get paid super fair. We're going to get good benefits. Mm-hmm. We're going to get everything we want. You piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and the end goal of the IWW, even beyond that, is to be like, you know what? Bosses, managers, CEOs, we don't really need you. Yeah. We can run this business ourselves. So we're just going to take that from you, and we're going to run this place democratically. We're going to make decisions based on what we, the workers, need and what our communities need, not giving you your fourth yacht and your 15th vacation home. Yeah. That's funny because when I got fired for talking about the IWW, uh, I got fired 
by a crony because my actual boss was on his boat. <laughs> <laughs> and just chef kiss, chef kiss. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah, and I think that it actually is summed up. So, you know, during, during the original, the founding convention of the IWW, they laid out a manifesto of which the whole I'm not going to read here. But mm -hmm. there is this kind of great last, last portion of it where, where the union, the founding union, outlined its vision for the IWW going forward. And, and it has a bunch of great points. And they, they, they say that, you know, previous efforts for the betterment of the working class have proven abortive because, limited, because they were limited in scope and disconnected in action. Universal economic evils afflicting the working class can be eradicated only by a universal working class movement. Such a movement of the working class is impossible while separate craft and wage agreements are made favoring the employer against other crafts in the same industry. And while energies are wasted in fruitless jurisdiction struggles, which serve only to further the personal aggrandizement of union officials. A movement to fulfill these conditions must consist of one great industrial union embracing all industries, providing for craft autonomy locally, industrial autonomy internationally, and working class unity generally. It must be funded on the class struggle, and its general administration must be conducted in harmony with the recognition of the irresponsible conflict between the capitalist class and the working class. They should be established as the economic organization of the working class without affiliation with any political party. All power should rest in a collective membership. Local, national, and general administration, including union labels, buttons, badges, transfer cards, initiation fees, and per capita tax should be uniform throughout. All members must hold membership in the local, national, or international union covering the industry in which they are employed, but transfers of membership between unions, local, national, or international should be universal. Um, and then it finally, it kind of concludes and calls for a central defense fund to which all members contribute equally should be established and maintained. I mean, from its inception, the IWW, it, it, it completely rethinks the idea of how we organize and how we unionize. It's not necessarily about about you know getting that sweet contract. It's about uniting workers. It's about getting workers together so that so that we have real power, not power through uh, our union bosses. And and, that, uh, and let's make no mistake about it. We have union bosses. We have capitalist bosses, and then we have union bosses. And the IWW says you know fuck all that. Like like we. We should have the ultimate authority, and when we rise up together, when we get together, um, we will we will get together and and have real power and a real say in what we need in our workplaces. And we will do this together. We're not going to do it separately. We're not going to do it divided. We're going to do it by coming together and providing for one another and creating community and and making decisions as a whole. And that's that's radically different from how trade unions of the time organized and it's radically different from how many of them organize today. Although I think I started to say earlier, um, but it's interesting because a lot of the trade unions these days are now organizing industrial, industrially in a lot of ways. The American Federation of Teachers doesn't just organize teachers now. They organize a, an entire school. They call it, they call it wall to wall organizing. They want to organize the teachers, the janitors, the dining staff, the office secretaries, they want everybody in that local because they recognize that when the entire school strikes, 
that school completely stops working. And that's the power of labor coming together. The, the issue still remains though, is that because you do have all these separate trade unions, they're all starting to try and go after different targets or the same target. So AFT, uh, SEIU, UAW are all trying to go after healthcare workers. So they're all trying to organize the same hospitals in Michigan instead of coming together like the IWW does and saying, hey, you know, we've got everyone part of this union come join us. The trade unions are still fighting amongst each other for these healthcare workers in, in this case. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for me, it always just broke down to there's more of us than them. And who better knows how to do my job than me doing the job? Like, pretty simple idea. I think, I think that's the basic message. I, I mean, I think that at the end of the day, that is, that is what separates us is, is the basic recognition is that power does not rest in union bosses. It rests in workers working together, right? And you're right. Mm-hmm. There's more of us. There's more of us than there are union bosses, and there are more of us than there are capitalists. And, uh, well, than there are bosses <laughs> in general, right? And so, you know, yeah, let's come together. Let's, let's fucking do something. All right. I think that's pretty good for today. That will do it for our show today. We hope you found it very enlightening. Now get out there and fire your boss. And remember, injury one is an injury to all. See ya. And that's the show, folks. It was recorded and edited by me, fellow worker Jason. The intro and outro song are also by me, fellow worker Jason. If you'd like to join the IWW and be part of the One Big Union, go to iww.org slash join. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns for us, shoot us an email at ypsilanigmb at gmail.com. And until next time, an injury to one is an injury to all.